What up, world? It's your boy. Just one of the guys down here. Well, I could be more specific. Uh, I'm a human. And I uh, just wanted to, you know, for the sake of all of us earthlings out there, just wanted to say. We love the earth. It is our planet. We love the earth. It is our Hey, hey, it's your girl KV, and I would like to welcome you back to another episode of the Hood Health Report. So, you know, thanks as usual for tuning in. Finally had our first guest on. Had a really great time. So today we're going to get into some climate issues and this global warming that a lot of people claim, you know, isn't real. We're going to talk about that, you know. So I'm sure by now everyone has seen in the news how the Amazon forest has just been ablaze and they can see it from space. So that's pretty much what inspired this episode to happen sooner than later. So speaking of, we'll get right into our current events. So the first article, you know, just kind of picking up on some things I said earlier in the show, climate change could raise the risk of deadly fungal infections in humans. So I mean, um, I ain't really got nothing much to say there, just wanted to let you know that, that is still very much a thing. It's been reports of, you know, not only the people falling ill and dying, but of course people taking their dogs to the beach and dogs playing in the water and a day or two the dogs are dead. So just be careful in these waters. Um, really look up these places that you're visiting. Make sure it's not somewhere where these death or incidents of these fungal infections and these bacterial infections have been happening and you know, be safe out here. Let's talk about these paper straws. Now, if you know me, I love me some animals. I will sit up on Facebook and look at puppy videos and those little odd animal friendships like the duck and the dog shit. I love that type of stuff. But the fact that a video of a turtle with a straw, you know, lodged up his head, turned the, the freaking nation to say, let's let's change the world and use paper straws. Do it for the turtles. Bitch, are you serious? It's so many other places that we can start. Let's fucking fix the water and flint first you know how about we get to the paper bottles speaking of Jaden, he's got this whole box water initiative hey much more biodegradable than the plastics much more you know much less harsh on the environment let's do something wide scale no let's get the straws out of here because the turtles and i don't know if y'all use these paper straws but they are just trash after about five sips it's just flaccid as hell and it's like what are you gonna do with this flaccid leaky straw <laughs> just know i would like to be able to go to the airport and get a drink before my flight and not have to put my mouth on some glass because ain't no straws because y'all want to save the tortoises instead of the earth really really 
So also, and this comes in like, what the fuck news? Because I saw this and I was immediately like, what kind of mess is this? Couple face up to six years in jail for taking sand from Italian beach. So basically there's this beach in Sardinia and the island's Italian white sand is protected and tourists face fines and even jail time for removing it from local beaches. But the couple say that they did not realize they were committing a crime. Police in the northern city of Puerto Torres found the sand while making routine check on cars waiting to board a ferry in Toulon in southern France. Overall, 14 plastic bottles containing around 88 pounds of white sand were seized. So they were charged in court for aggravated theft and they risk a fine of up to $3,300 and between one to six years in jail. So I'd also like to mention that um, this beach, they put these laws in place in 2017 where they made it illegal because several tons of sand was being stolen every year and it was winding up being sold on eBay because it was such beautiful sand. So they had to start regulating the people taking the sand from the beach because, you know, the beach needs its sand. So, you know, at first I was like, wow, like, why would they be getting charged? And then when I found out they got damn near 90 pounds of sand, I was like, okay, they were just going OD with it. Like, it's one thing to get some sand because you want to have a little memorabilia, you know, maybe one little water bottle, a little mason jar, something like that. But, you know, if you got a little Ciroc bottle, some little liquor bottle of sand, but 90 pounds, you have 14 water bottles of sand in your trunk and you claim that you didn't know it was illegal and you you were just taking it as a memento like these white people are crazy they really still in the earth to have just for for trinkets just for things around the house you know just you know some things contributing to our environment's depletion you know, another thing about this whole climate change, as we can see with the bees, I don't know why y'all don't know that we need the bees, but we really need the bees. So Earth.com reports, you may think of bees as annoying, stinging pests or cute fluffy balls, but their most important role is as pollinators of food plants. There are almost 20,000 different species of bees, many of which provide essential services to humans and ecosystems. In the U.S. alone, there are about 3,500 species. So, you know, it goes to say we need them to pollinate our food to kind of give us these things to eat, you know. They got the honey. Stop trying to kill the bees. It is very important. Let's save the bees. Let's stop burning down hives. Like, what? Like, people are crazy. That's the type of shit, like, that really blows me, like, there are really reports of people seeking out hives and burning them down. Like. Amazon fires. Record number burning in Brazil rainforest. The National Institute for Space Research said its satellite data showed an 84% increase on the same period in 2018. The largest rainforest in the world, the Amazon, is a vital carbon store that slows down the pace of global warming. It is also home to about 3 million species of plants and animals and 1 million indigenous people. Conservationists have blamed Mr. Mr. 
Bolsonaro for the Amazon's plight, saying he has encouraged loggers and farmers to clear the land and scientists say that the rainforest has suffered losses at an accelerated rate since he took office in January. It was reported that, you know, cities over 1,500 miles away were witnessing blackouts from the rolling smoke happening from these fires. But generally, wildfires often occur in the dry season in Brazil, but they are also deliberately started in efforts to illegally deforest land for cattle ranching. The report of a rise in forest fires come amid criticism over his environmental policies. Scientists say that the Amazon has suffered losses at an accelerated rate since the president took office in January, with policy favoring development over conservation. Over the past decade, previous governments had managed to reduce deforestation with action by federal agencies and system of fines. But this current president and his ministries have criticized the penalties and overseen a fall in confiscations of timber and convictions for environmental crimes. So, you know, the article goes on to say how he says that the the reports about the amount of fires is a lie and, you know, people are just exaggerating, yada, yada, yada. So my views on this is, wow, this is like what America is dealing with with 45, but instead of him being a racist, he's just fuck the environment. You know, this earth, we don't need it. We can take whatever we need to do, do whatever we need to do to get the coin and not necessarily care about the state of the earth. And it is just so ridiculous how people can really think that global warming isn't occurring and that we're not really going through climate change. Like, what? I, we'll just get on to more current events. So, not only has Bolsonaro, the president over in Brazil, been basically allowing and incensing these fires, but today, breaking news, as of August 27th, Brazil will reject 20 million of Amazon fire aid from G7. CNN reports, the Special Communications Office for Brazilian President told CNN on Tuesday that the country would turn down the money that was pledged at the G7 summit in France on Monday. The blazes in the Amazon have caused a public spat between Bolsonaro and French President Emmanuel Macron, who has been vocal about the need for international response to the fires. So, basically, in response to these big donations to help you know, put out these fires, Bolsonaro's chief of staff said that he felt the money would be better used elsewhere. We are thankful, but maybe these resources would be more relevant to reforest Europe, Onyx Lorenzini said. But on Tuesday morning, around an hour after his communications office confirmed that Brazil would reject the funding, Bolsonaro appeared to cast doubt on the matter. Did I say that? Did I? Did Jair Bolsonaro speak? He asked reporters outside the presidential residence, adding to that he would only respond to the offer once Macron withdrew his insults of him. So side note, the G7 is an informal grouping comprised of world's seven biggest economies. 
and they have an annual summit and this year they decided that they wanted to you know give that money to put out the fires in the amazon because why the fuck not but Bolsonaro said the idea of creating an international alliance to save the Amazon would be treating Brazil like a colony or no man's land, calling it an attack on the country's sovereignty. Rebuffing the offer, Lorenzini continued to criticize the French president. Macron is unable to avoid a preventable fire in a church that is a world heritage site, and he wants to show us what is for our country. He has a lot to look after at home in the French colonies. And this was in reference to the the fires at the Notre Dame Cathedrals that they raised all that money for to get fixed up, you know, ASAP, basically. Brazil is a democratic nation, free and never had colonial or imperialistic practices, which may be the objective of Frenchman Macron. So as far as the international help that has really been you know, really been a part of keeping the Amazon going. Germany and Norway both suspended their contributions to Brazil's Amazon fund earlier in August. Over the past decade, Norway has donated $1.2 billion to the Conservation Fund, which is managed by the Brazilian Development Bank. Germany has contributed $68 million. The German Environment Ministry said earlier this month it was suspending the program and its planned donation of $39 million because of doubts over Brazil's effort to reduce deforestation. A few days after that, Norway announced its suspended donations because the Brazil government dissolved the fund's steering and technical committees. So, yeah, needless to say, the rejection of the money to save the rainforest that, you know, sidebar, they're intentionally setting on fire. That being rejected shows his true intentions is to have the deforestation occur. It's pretty much the same thing that I spoke about with the schools. Like, they have these lunch debt, people offer to pay it off, and they don't let them. They reject it, so... So yeah, big ol' fuck you to the president of Brazil, uh, I think I'm saying it right, Jair Bolsonaro, for just, you know, letting them destroy the rainforest and basically shaving these years off the earth, you know? So, congratulations, you get, you get the Jackass of the Week award. So next up in current events, we got... CNN reported three people were injured after a large piece of rock broke off a mountain and fell in Utah's Zion National Park. So they described it as a substantial piece of rock and the Park Service said the rock fall occurred near the Weeping Rock Shuttle just before 6 p.m. and it injured three people stranding several others. One person was transported to the hospital by Park Ambulance for further treatment. The rock broke off Cable Mountain about an hour east of St. George in the state's southwest corner and fell about 3,000 feet. Shuttles were stopped for around 90 minutes following the rock fall that showered visitors with rock branches in a plume of dust and sand. Some visitors on the Weeping Rock Trail were temporarily stranded by the rock fall but were able to self-rescue. A 14-year-old girl was killed by falling rocks in Montana's Glacier National Park earlier this month. The rock struck the top of a vehicle near the East 
tunnel of the popular and mountainous going to the sun road killing the teen and injuring her parents and two other children in the car the park estimated the rocks were between fist size and 12 inches in diameter with enough debris from the rock fall to fill the bed of a pickup truck so you know as you can see the earth is just literally crumbling from beneath us um and we'll get into some more articles that display just that. Scientists bid farewell to the first Icelandic glacier lost to climate change. If more melt, it can be disastrous. So, the name of this, this glacier is Okjakul, but you know, the abbreviation is okay, so I'm gonna refer to it as okay. Okay is the first Icelandic glacier to lose its status as a glacier. In the next 200 years, all our glaciers are expected to follow the same path. From the ice sheet in Greenland to the towering glaciers in West Antarctica, Earth's enormous masses of ice are melting fast. And though sea levels have risen and fallen throughout history, scientists say it's never happened at a rate this fast. If glaciers continue to melt at the current rapid rate, it will pose a number of hazards for the planet, geologists say. Here are some of the potential hazards. It can displace people. By 2100, up to 2 billion or about a fifth of the world's population could be displaced from their homes and forced to move inland because of rising ocean levels, according to a 2017 study. Bangladesh is particularly at risk. About 15 million people in the country could become climate refugees if sea levels rise one meter or about three feet. And more than 10% of the country would be underwater. Some of the people who are displaced might not have anywhere to go. They're not protected by international law, so industrialized countries aren't legally obligated to grant them asylum. It can put some islands underwater. If sea levels continue to rise at a rapid rate, some remote island nations would be at risk of disappearing, including some islands in the Maldives and the Marshall, and the Marshall Islands. It can diminish drinking water. In dry climates near mountains, glaciers collect precipitation and fresh water and store it as ice during colder months. When summer comes along, the ice melts and runoffs into rivers and streams providing drinking water. A world without glaciers would threaten that water supply and potentially have devastating effects. It can threaten our food supply. Rising sea levels contribute to warmer global temperatures, changing what kinds of crops farmers can grow. Some climates will become too hot for what farmers are growing now. Other climates will see more flooding, more snow, or more moisture in the air, also limiting what can be grown. As a result, food will become scarcer, grocery prices will spike, and crops will lose their nutritional value. <laughs> As if that ain't happening already. It can cause a health crisis. As sea levels rise, coastal communities are more susceptible to flooding. One particularly gross consequence of the flooding is the impact on sewage treatment plants, which are often built at low elevations close to the oceans. Floods can cause massive amounts of untreated sewage to flow into rivers, streams, and streets, and even homes. That pollutes sorts of water, harms wildlife, and helps spread diseases. It can disrupt the global economy. 
more than 90% of the world's trade is carried by sea. So basically it has to pass through two ports, export and import, and these ports are critical to the global economy, providing jobs in industries like shipbuilding, fishing, seafood processing, and marine transportation. Rising sea levels could damage the infrastructure of many ports and disrupt all kinds of processes, creating a ripple effect throughout the economy. It can change life as we know it. The large ice sheets in the Arctic and Antarctica are part of Earth's energy balance. Those massive white surfaces work to reflect rays from the sun back to the environment, keeping temperatures mild. As more and more glaciers melt, energy from the sun will, be in, will instead be absorbed into the ocean. As the oceans get warmer, global temperatures become hotter and cause even more glaciers to melt. That creates a cycle that amplifies the climate crisis. So yeah, you know, literally that article gave you the real life effects of global warming. Take heed, spread the word, you know, make sure the people that you're voting for have environmental policies that aren't crap. Make sure that they are for the environment and not just, you know, throwing up a landfill near a school or anything like that. You know, just be sure of what you're voting for. So next up, we got an article reads, Indonesia's capital city isn't the only one sinking. So in case you guys didn't already know, Indonesia has said that the country would be relocating its capital city in part because it's sinking into the Java Sea. Jakarta is one of the fastest sinking cities in the world, according to the World Economic Forum, due to rising sea levels and the overextraction of groundwater. But it isn't the only city in trouble. Here's a look at some other cities that are also at risk. And I'll be honest, um... Most of these surprised me. I mean, you know, we all know um, New Orleans, of course, and they have, as recently as the 1930s, just a third of New Orleans was below sea level. When Katrina hit in 2005, that number went up to half. The city is vulnerable to rising sea levels because it was built on loose soil and was positioned too close to the coast. So also listed they have Houston, Houston has been sinking for decades, and like Jakarta, the overextraction of groundwater is partly to blame. The Houston Chronicle reported that parts of Harris County, which, which contains Houston, have sunken between 10 and 12 feet since the 1920s. Areas have continued to fall as much as 2 inches per year, an amount that could quickly add up. Lawmakers have tried to address the issue, creating a special purpose district meant to regulate the withdrawal of groundwater in 1975. But the problem has persisted, with privately owned wells and water suppliers continuing to pull from aquifers. Next up, they list Lagos. The city of Lagos sits on the coast of Nigeria, constructed partly on the mainland, partly on some nearby islands. It's also Africa's most populous city, its geography makes Lagos especially prone to flooding, and the coastline has already been eroding. As sea levels rise due to global warming, the city is increasingly at risk. One study from 2012 revealed that, because Nigeria's coastline is so low, a sea level rise of just 3 to 9 feet, about 1 to 3 meters, will have a catastrophic effect on the human activities in these regions. 
Next up, they have Beijing. A study from 2016 showed that Beijing is sinking by as much as four inches in some areas per year. Researchers said the cause of the sinking was depleting groundwater. Beijing, which is not a coastal city, relies heavily on groundwater as a main source of water. The water has been accumulating over many years, but its extraction has dried up the soil and caused it to compact, leading to the sinking. And lastly, which was also surprising to me, was Washington. Washington is one of the most important cities in the U.S. and is also sinking. Research from 2005 showed that our country's capital will drop more than six inches in the next 100 years. A mile-high ice sheet pushed land beneath the Chesapeake Bay upward. When the ice sheet melted thousands of years ago, the land settled back down. The researchers now believe that the area is gradually sinking, a process that could last thousands of years. But sea levels in the Chesapeake Bay are rising too, which could cause additional problems. So yeah, basically, um, some cities are about to start disappearing all over the world, some islands and all those things because the sea levels, because global warming, because, you know, we just can't do right by the earth. We just want to set the forest on fire and take all the sand from the beach, you know, fuck the earth. Let's live life. YOLO, I guess. So next up, keeping with the theme of warm waters, it was 84 degrees near the Arctic Ocean as carbon dioxide hit its highest level in human history. So this article was published back in mid-May of this year. And near the entrance of the Arctic Ocean in northwest Russia, the temperature surged to 84 degrees Fahrenheit. Meanwhile, the concentration of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere eclipsed 415 parts per million for the first time in human history. And for the record, um, carbon dioxide, the carbon dioxide concentration in the atmosphere usually sits around um, 275. You know, it's kind of where it's been lingering for the past, you know, since the beginning. <laughs> Since the beginning of life, you know, it's been below 300. So now we're at 415 parts per million as they burn it out the rainforest. Ponder on that. You know, of course, you know, they cite the causes as human-induced climate change. Because as you know, we need trees to take the carbon dioxide to make the oxygen. So if we're burning down all the trees and heating up the environment and we're putting all of these hot gases in the atmosphere, we need to, you know, plant more trees to actually make up for it. Yet we're burning them. But anyway, back to the article. So like I said, the temperature reached 84 degrees, where the average high temperature around this time of year is 54 degrees. So a 30 degree jump. And just some other, you know, examples. In Greenland, the ice sheets melt season began about a month early. In Alaska, several rivers saw winter ice break up on their earliest dates on record. Across the Arctic overall, the extent of sea ice has hovered near a record low for weeks. So yeah, you know, in case people really don't think global warming is real, climate change isn't real, we're losing glaciers, people. 
big things of ice that, you know, the top Titanic went down, that big old thing. What if that shit is gone? You know, that shit is going to be gone because we are warming up the earth. We are killing the earth. And, you know, yeah, they got this whole mission to what Mars, mission to Mars, I suppose, where they're going to try to go ahead into another planet. But they, they're, it's, it's ridiculous. Can we just save Earth while we're here? Can we just not be idiots and burn up the rainforest? Like, it's just really ridiculous where the priorities are and the whole belief that global warming isn't real. So we talking about the Earth, we talked about some fire, talked about some water, let's get to the air. Exposure to polluted air is like smoking a pack a day, study says. Long-term exposure to air pollution, especially ground-level ozone, is like smoking a pack a day of cigarettes a day for many years, a new study says. And like smoking, it can lead to emphysema. So, you know, basically it's just, you know, a lot of words about the air pollution, you know, cars this and factories this, all this, that, and the third. Exposure to ozone irritates and inflames the lining of your lungs when we breathe it in. It can leave us winded, cause asthma attacks, make us more susceptible to infection. Ground-level ozone is part of smog that you can't see. It's colorless and comes from the photochemical transformation that occurs when pollutants interact with sunlight. The increase in emphysema we observed was relatively large, similar to the lung damage caused by 29 years of smoking and 3 years of aging. So, you know, basically we just too industrialized for our own good, you know. Too many factories, too many cars, too many jets, too many things emitting hot gases in the air, too many people burning up the rainforest, you know. We just got way too much going on on the earth and... She not going to last like we need her to last, you know? Next up, CNN reported, As of today, humans have used more resources than planet Earth can regenerate in a year. If Earth's resources were a bank account, today would mark the date we'd officially be in the red. And this was published as of July 9th. Humanity has officially used up more ecological resources this year than the Earth can regenerate by the end of the year. The occasion even has a name, Earth Overshoot Day. So currently, humanity is consuming nature 1.7 times faster than the planet can regenerate. And more carbon dioxide brings ever-increasing climate change. So, you know, to no surprise, the United States is one of the worst culprits. And even though poorer countries aren't the ones overusing resources, they are the ones typically paying the cost. Research shows that climate change will more drastically affect poorer countries before wealthier ones like the U.S. Continuing at the current pace, the report said, would create a global health emergency, potentially leading to millions of deaths from air pollution in Asia, the Middle East, and Africa, and creating antimicrobial resistant infections from freshwater pollution. So, you know, things that we have not already discussed one way or another. So next up in the news, we got Bill Nye on climate change. It's not 50 to 75 years away, it's 10 or 15. As a TV scientist and mechanical engineer, 
Nye is known for breaking science down into understandable terms. Nye spoke about how climate change is more gradual than disasters such as Pearl Harbor or 9-11, but the effects are still as serious, if not more. The Trump administration has continued to deny climate change findings and make scientific reports inaccessible to the public. Nye counters EPA Administrator Andrew Willer's claim that the threat of climate change is 50 to 75 years out. It's not 50 to 75 years away, it's 10 or 15. The rate of temperature getting bigger is very high. There is enough carbon dioxide and methane in the atmosphere already to make the world get warmer for many decades to come. What we want is to slow that rate, Nye said. Three priorities should be access to clean water, access to the internet and information, and all energy coming from renewable sources. We can do this, Nye said enthusiastically. Iowa gets 25% of its electricity from the wind. Texas, the oil state, gets 10% of its electricity from the wind, Nye said. Bringing these examples up as ways to show how renewable energy is attainable for the entire country. Let's change the world, Nye said. So, I don't know about y'all, but I was pretty much raised by Bill Nye the Science Guy. Like, I was raised in both Atlanta and Memphis for the gifted classes. I think one was Scork and one was Clue. Either way it go. They didn't necessarily have the funds to really do nothing with us, so they stuck us in a room all day to either play Scrabble or watch Bill Nye the Science Guy. Always some thinking shitty. They tried. They tried with the little money they had, but Bill Nye was, was really, that was really it. You know, we didn't have the money for the experiments, but seeing Bill break it down really, you know, turned me into the science nerd that I am now, I guess you could say. Shit, he is responsible for the geek before your eyes. So, needless to say, I believe him. He ain't never really started me wrong, you know? So, if Bill said, prepare the 10, 15 years, maybe we should prepare the 10, 15 years, you guys. Like, but you know, these people, you know, climate change ain't real, so why make it a top priority? It's just really crazy, but Bill's got the answer. Somebody just, you know, somebody in power need to listen. That's why I'm taking this health policy class now. I need to know what these people know so I can get some things done and, and push some policies and try to do something because it's just ridiculous. It's just crazy out here. So in good news, you know, somebody that's actually listening to, you know, the, the things that the wise people, as Bill Nye, the science guy says, the Detroit Zoo plans to be entirely powered by renewable energy by 2021. Windmills and solar panels may soon be keeping the lights on in the reptile house and throughout the Detroit Zoo. The zoo, located in Detroit's suburb of Royal Oak, says it's shifting to being powered entirely by renewable energy. The zoo is joining MI Green Power, which is DTE's program, allowing its customers to receive energy from the utility company's renewable sources, which is a combination of wind and solar. Participants in the program pay a few extra cents per kilowatt hour for electricity in order to fund a wind park on the shores of Lake Huron, as well as solar parks located in Detroit. Those sites are expected to come online by late 2020 and will enable the zoo to offset the 7,425 metric tons of carbon dioxide it releases each year.
DTE provides electricity to 2.2 million customers in southeastern Michigan. It launched a green energy offset program in the spring of 2017 and aims to reduce its carbon emissions across the board 80% by 2040. So um, this isn't the only initiative that the zoo is taking within the Michigan's clean energy transformation. The Detroit Zoo says the program is the first of its kind at the zoo. So not only are they trying to, you know, change the energy source, they've also have started to install an anaerobic digester. And what that is, is the digester diverted 500 tons of herbivore waste and food scraps from a landfill and converted it into energy and compost. So that's pretty damn dope, you know, for like a zoo, because just imagine how many food scraps and and things like that are just at the zoo. Just throw that into, you know, some machine and it converts it to energy and compost. Like, can we get this everywhere? Sign everybody up. This needs to be some national shit right now. So, I mean, yeah, that's pretty dope of Michigan to have this whole clean energy initiative. But I guess they got the money because they ain't using it to keep the water clean in Flint. So next up in, you know, places that are active and saving the environment and trying to make a difference and not just sitting back and letting the earth crumble from beneath us. Abu Dhabi is replanting mangroves in the fight against climate change. The coastal city of Abu Dhabi is one of the most vulnerable places in the world to the impacts of climate change. It's threatened by rising sea levels and researchers say it could be too hot to live in by the end of this century if global warming trends continue. But trees are helping the city fight the climate crisis. Mangroves, which are woody, salt-tolerant trees that grow along tropical coastlines, protect coastal areas from erosion, wave surges, and floods by creating buffer zones and regulating tides. Mangroves are the first line of defense for any coastal city. Mangroves are also a main, beating, a main breeding ground for fish and home to several species of birds. But their work doesn't stop there. They're also key to the global fight to keep their planet's temperature from rising more than a critical 1.5 degrees after pre-industrial levels. Mangroves trap carbon dioxide from the atmosphere into the root system and sediments, acting as a carbon capture or carbon sink. One hectare of mangrove forest can store about, thir- store about 3,754 tons of carbon. That's the equivalent of taking about 2,651 cars off the road for one year. The UAE has among the highest carbon dioxide emissions per capita in the world. Mature trees have extensive root systems, some roots measuring 2 to 3 meters, that make them very efficient at absorbing and capturing carbon. Studies have shown that they capture more carbon than terrestrial forests, and this makes them very important in fighting climate change. A study done in the Amazon suggests mangroves can store twice as much as the region's rainforest. But, you know, much like the rainforest, the mangrove forests are under threat. The World Wildlife Fund estimates over one-third of the planet's mangroves have already been cleared, and they're often the victims of human encroachment and coastal development. A recent study says that the vast global restoration of forests of all kinds could capture two-thirds of the carbon humans have added to the atmosphere 
making it one of the most sustainable and cost-efficient ways of fighting climate change. So, yeah, I mean, mangroves for everybody. You get a mangrove, you get a mangrove. Everybody just get out there to the coast and plant some mangroves, especially around, what's that, Houston, Washington, Beijing. Go out there and plant the mangroves because we need to absorb this carbon dioxide out the atmosphere. We need to save the coastal cities. We need to stop the earth from heating, you know? Can we say the earth, please, and thank you? So that concludes this episode of the Hood Health Report. I would like to thank you guys for listening. Um, This is a very important episode, as you guys know. I am very much into public health, very much an environmentalist. Just really try not to be as harsh to the planet. Still trying to be conscious of the, the my carbon footprint so hopefully these articles are making you think more about your carbon footprint and what all you emit out into the atmosphere and how you can lend a helping hand to save the earth so make sure you follow the show pages hood health pod and on twitter hood health report on instagram make sure you rate and review you know let me get some five stars up there get some more ratings and reviews holla at your girl and thanks for listening. Goodbye. We love the earth. It is okay.